All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Grid Iron Zero's podcast. It's episode 94. Who you got, Al? Ziggy Ansa. Mm. You know, I think this might be a crazy-ass bull. Um, Carl Nassib? Yep. Yeah. Sure. How about that? Jam-packed episode today. Uh, we got biggest winners and losers of week 14. Who made a big shift in the uh, NFL landscape on Sunday? And who made a big shift by losing games that they probably should not have lost? Uh, we then go into follow the money. Al is starting to run away with it now at this point, but uh, we're still trying to get a little comeback going on the Lucas train. And then finally, we go into the Lions loss over the Bears this past Sunday. What? Lions autopsy? Yes, week. Lions autopsy. We have a, a good amount of stats, probably the most stats we've ever had for that segment. All right, uh, let's jump right into it. Okay, Al, week 14, come and gone with the exception of the Green Bay Packers versus the New York Giants and the Tennessee Titans versus the Miami Dolphins. I did not even realize up until, I think, Saturday that there's a random doubleheader in week 14. Same. Yeah, I saw two two games on the schedule for today, and I was like, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, so... But week 14, a lot of things happened. A lot of teams lost that maybe shouldn't have, and a lot of teams won that maybe shouldn't have. Uh, big wins all around. Uh, let's let's go ahead. We're going to talk biggest losers and biggest winners. Okay, Al. Uh, so who are some of your biggest winners from uh, Sunday? How about Mr. Unlimited? How about the Denver Broncos? Mr. Unlimited. Broncos country, let's ride. And I, you know, last week we talked about them on uh, Follow the Money. Uh, I don't know what reality we were living in where the Chargers were a, like... A home favorite, a but home a favorite, favorite nonetheless. Ridiculous. Um, they've done nothing this year to support that. And Denver, despite losing to the Texans the week before, uh, come out and final box score, this barely looks like a game. Uh, I'm surprised Staley hasn't been fired yet. That seems like a topic we talk about every week. But uh, it didn't help that er, uh, Herbie Derby got injured. But on the Broncos side of things, I'm putting them as a big winner this week, uh, purely for the fact that they are now one game out of the top spot in their division. The Chiefs have one game on them right now with a uh, brutal loss at Buffalo yesterday. Um I mean, I don't. A brutal loss. Absolutely. I don't think we were planning on sitting here in December talking about the Broncos being in the playoff conversation, let alone the division winner conversation. It's yeah. kind of crazy. What are they, six and one in their last seven? Yes. Yeah. Um, their remaining schedule is at Detroit versus New England versus the Chargers again, back to back home games for them. And then they're at Las Vegas. Uh, all of those are winnable. All four very winnable games, which. Uh, as we discuss about this more, turns out, I mean, really, come come the AFC wildcard weekend, I don't think you can predict anything. It's, it's it, very it wide open. It feels like no team is unbeatable on any given Sunday. Um, in the AFC, that is. But the Broncos, that one was, uh, I, I almost kind of feel like I was expecting it, you know? Like, Chargers had absolutely no business being favored. They're horrible. They're horrible at home. Um, Denver's been mostly red hot recently. Denver's been incredible recently. They barely lost to Houston, which we'll get into them in a little bit. Um, but yeah, all in all, Denver moves a spot closer, not only to a wild card position, but also catching the Chiefs um, in uh, the division race. So that was huge. And kind of crazy, too, to think that all this is uh, happening. Yeah, unfolding as it is right now, considering how they started the year with all the shit with Sean Payton, all the drama, uh, terrible start to the year too. Like yeah. record wise, like pretty crazy. Gave up seventy points at some point. Uh, speaking of Kansas City, let's talk about the other big winner on Sunday, the Buffalo Bills, who took home a twenty to seventeen victory over Kansas City. I believe now they have beaten Kansas City in Kansas City two times in a row during the regular season. These wide receivers are no good, man. Kadarius Tony cost them a touchdown late in the game on an offsides call. I don't know if you saw Mahomes' reaction after the game. Yeah, uh, he was. Uh, he had some some 
some fired words up words at Josh Allen for the refs. Uh, it's nice when it happens to somebody else, when the refs screw another team over, right? Like we've been there before, especially uh, one of like the, you know, the big boy superpower teams, the Taylor Swift team, uh, mm-hmm. the attentions on me team all the time. Uh, yep. It's nice to see the zebras uh, fuck them over every once in a while too, because uh, we deal with it every week. Uh, Kadarius Tony cost them uh, not only week one but also week fourteen as he lined up offsides on the incredible play from Travis Kelsey. Really, he's been terrible. Kelsey? No, no. Oh, Tony. Kadarius Tony. Tony. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, he has been uh, god awful. Uh, but that offense in general has not been that good. No, I, I think uh, Rasheed Rice is probably the only. Well, Travis Kelsey too. Yeah, but but talking wideouts, right? Yeah, I mean he's like the only guy it seems like right now that Mahomes has like any legit faith. chemistry with. Yeah. And uh, I know they won the Super Bowl last year without Tyreek Hill, but um, they just. They had Juju Smith-Schuster last year, and I know he's kind of a meme, but he was definitely more dependable than most of the guys that they currently are throwing to. And uh, their defense has been better, but this offense is just not the same. And and that was a big game for them to lose. Yeah, I mean the defense they held Buffalo to six points in the second half. They held Stephon Diggs to four catches for twenty-four yards on eleven targets. That's pretty wild. James Cook, the running back, was their leading receiver for five catches, eighty-three yards. Josh Allen, I mean. He, him and Mahomes had very similar stat lines. One touchdown, one interception, 200-ish yards, 250. Mahomes had a little bit more there. But, um, you know, all in all, KC's defense kept them in the game. Chiefs offense just couldn't deliver. But we are we are putting Buffalo as the winner. Yeah. Here. So we've been talking a lot about KC. Buffalo, what does this win mean for them going forward? Uh, I think it opens the door back up. I mean, uh, they still have some tough games ahead. I know that they have Dallas at home this upcoming week, which, you know, Dallas on the road, I feel like might not be the same team as they are at home. Who knows? But, you know, then they have the Chargers and Patriots, which, I mean, two winnable games, absolutely. And then they're at Miami, which, I mean, they wrote Miami week four, but that was week four. Yeah. You know, it's going to be a completely, two completely different teams come uh, week 18. Plus you're on the road. In that Plus game, you're on the road. For what it's worth. So I think it opens the door up a little bit. They're tied at seven and six for a, a wild card spot, but they a lot of those games costed them uh, tiebreakers uh, with a lot of teams, including Denver, uh, Cincinnati, uh, you know, the Jags, if the Jags start falling, which I don't think they will, but um, let's let's go ahead, let's move on. Who who else you got? from uh, Sunday is a big winner. Uh, well, why don't we, before we say our last winner, why don't we uh, say our honorable mention uh, that didn't quite oh, make the cut yes. here, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I hate talking about them in, in positive light, but uh, that was a big statement win against Philly. It's a big game for them to win at home. Now the number two seed in the NFC. It's and insane. Philly moves into the wild card. Which is insane because two weeks ago, Philly was number one. Yep, seed wise, like in the whole NFC, and it looked like they were going to just like put the pedal down and keep going, and uh, then they lose two back to back huge games. Now they're in the wild card spot. It's insane. And uh, I mean, you have to figure that you know, uh, if a certain team would have won yesterday, we might be talking you know seed implications even more. Yeah. But uh, you know, Dallas, they're rolling right now. They are looking good. 10 and 3. They haven't lost in five straight games. They got at, I mean, they got some tough, tough games up ahead. They got at Buffalo, at Miami, but then they got two layups to end the year with uh, versus Detroit and at Washington Commanders. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see if Philadelphia can get back on track. But they, we, we talk about them a lot not winning big boy games, big marquee games, right? This was the first time in a long time that I am like, okay, they actually took care of business against a good team. So maybe there's how much of it though. How much of it uh, falls on Jalen Hurts? I mean, eighteen for twenty-seven, one ninety-seven, zero touchdowns, zero picks. Not his best game, but not his worst game. I mean, he didn't turn the ball over. I mean, clearly they were. He probably wasn't one hundred percent, right? Probably because last week it was looking like. I mean, he came back in the game last week too, but it was not going to be for certain if he would play in this game. And, and I can't imagine that he was full 100%. Uh, I don't know. I mean, 
it wasn't a close final score, which is kind of, you know, it couldn't have just been 33 to 13. Yeah. Dallas offense overpowered them. Like wasn't just Jalen hurts, I guess. No, no, it wasn't. Um, that, that defense for Philadelphia might be a little suspect. Um, last, last winner, last winner, big, huge game. LA Rams, they gave them their all. Stafford went down at the end of the game, got a uh, tying field goal up and in. Not him exactly, but, you know, the kicker. Um, three touchdowns, no picks, 294. Uh, Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup. Rams actually ran the ball really ran, well. I mean, uh, Kyron Williams, phenomenal game, 100-plus yards. Um, it just still wasn't enough. Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens moved to 10-3 and as well. First seed in the AFC. They hold on to it, even if, I believe, even if Miami wins tonight, they are still the number one seed. Um, just a massive win all around. Yeah, that's like a, to me, that's like a spe- like special team like win. Like, yeah, that, that's a big statement win. Like, the Rams weren't, you know, a, a powerhouse division winner type team, but they were very scrappy and playing really well. They're still very much alive. Um, and yeah. they are playing right now like they could go toe-to-toe with most teams. Uh, they're, they're finding their stride here late in the season. Yeah, absolutely. So the Ravens just staying the course and getting this thing done uh, despite a super competitive game from the Rams. Uh, that's a major statement win to me. And, like, I had them slotted as the number one seed in the AFC for a couple weeks now. I think not not in our initial, uh, you know, preseason predictions and mm-hmm. all that, but, like, the last couple weeks when we kind of been – saying who will land where potentially. Uh, I feel t- totally confident with the Ravens that they will keep hanging on to the number one seed, even if Miami keeps playing well. Mm. Well, uh, that's interesting because they really needed that win on Sunday looking at their schedule up ahead. They have back-to-back road games at Jacksonville, which I would say for the Ravens that's a winnable one. Yeah. They're, uh, the, they're the big dog in that game. Yeah. For sure. And then they're at San Francisco. That's going to be a yeah, monumental matchup that's like a potential super bowl preview yeah matchup uh and then they they have miami at home which who knows come week 17 that might be for the first seed so we'll have to wait and see huge win for baltimore though as they move to 10 and 3 over the rams 37 to 31 great uh punt return for a touchdown walk off too you love to see that hey let's uh let's talk losers that don't include uh, our a certain team. losers, a uh, certain Detroit team. Lions. We'll, we'll talk yeah. all about that later. They do not make this list. Uh, so first one on here, one you're really fired up about, and I want to talk about Houston. Uh, tough. Dance with the devil again. Got burned. Um, Lock see, of the week also got scorched. Yep. Early. Yep. Tough to see. Uh, sometimes you really do forget just how good the Jets defense is. Well, yeah, because they've been playing like shit all year. I yeah, mean, it's pretty. It's pretty hard to remember that they're good. They've been bad. Uh, it's also bad. It's also really interesting to see that uh, if I feel like Houston's defense just came apart there in the uh, second half. They gave up thir- all thirty points in the second half. Zach Wilson had a good game. Yeah, twenty-seven uh, for thirty-six, two touchdowns, no picks. You know, a re- real quick aside on Zach Wilson, um, like. First of all, last week you have the comments leaking out that he was hesitant to go start right because mm-hmm. kind of rightfully so. It's a whole other tangent, but I'm already seeing that this week there's more shit coming out that he was saying to some players like, "What's the worst they can do? Bench me?" Yeah, like who who is the who is the person in the Jets organization that's just like trying to make Zach Wilson look like a total like piece of garbage? It's like leaking all these comments. How is this getting out, man? That's crazy. Like, I don't know I don't any know. other franchise in the NFL, as far as dysfunction goes, that, that you'd be doing your quarterback that dirty. Like, it's crazy. Um, I, I don't remember seeing this from any anyone else. It could only be the Jets, the Browns, and, like, the Lions of old, I feel like. But not, not even the Lions would go that level, I feel like. No, no, I don't feel like they would go that level. It's pure dysfunction. But, yes, they did get an impressive win. Uh, we are talking about the Texans, who are the losers here. They dropped to seven and six. They're still behind Indianapolis, uh, but they're only one game behind Jacksonville now. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, I guess I didn't think about that. Uh, they're what, still what a big win that would have been because they would have been tied. They right? would have been tied with Jacksonville. They might have actually 
possibly even actually no probably not because i think jacksonville would have the division uh tiebreaker with them but um these next four games for houston are of the uttermost importance well yeah but like at the same time i know nobody was picking for them to go to the playoffs but they've been they've been the team that's like the last few weeks it's like oh they're kind of a treat they're kind of surprised that they're playing really well hey wouldn't it be great if they made the playoffs uh, I like. I still don't think if they didn't make it, it would. It be wouldn't be a failure. Season. Yeah, no, not at no. all. Like kind of like the Lions last year, where they were like so close. Yeah, and everyone kind of saw that as a positive note to go out on. Like the AFC is way tougher than the NFC to go get a playoff spot. For absolutely, sure. absolutely. So if they get in their first year with Stroud and and D'Amico Ryan's and everybody like that is very impressive. But uh, yeah, major loss because that would really would have helped them. Uh, this is one of their cupcake games, you know. Yep. Have been. It was definitely one of the uh, more winnable games. Um, on top of the loss, I mean, uh, Stroud goes into concussion protocol. They lose Nico Collins. Uh, their wide receiver room is just taking hits left and right. First Tank Dell, now Where, Nico. Where's Robert Woods been? Uh, I think he is like now fourth on the death chart. Wow. He's behind Noah Brown too. Yeah. Um, but they have at Tennessee versus Cleveland versus Tennessee at Indianapolis to end the year these next four weeks. I just see them going like two and two. I, I don't see them. Oh, really? All that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's I, I don't hard. see them sweeping all of them. Yeah. I don't see them sweeping all of them, but Joey I think if they can go three and one. Joey Flacco is playing pretty good right now, actually. And so. maybe maybe this team struggles against good defenses. I mean, Denver's defense is no schmucks. You know, they're a good defense, and they were able to put up 22 on them. Yeah. But uh, I think Cleveland's defense is a little bit different, although I, I feel like Cleveland's defense has been kind of slipping recently too. Probably a, probably a mentality thing to a degree. I mean, like once you're on to Dorian Thompson, Robinson, and Joe Flacco, Nick Chubb's out, it's like, you probably let off the gas a yeah. little bit. Plus, as the season goes on, it's like it's it's long. It's a long season. There's lots of injuries. Yep. It's like hard to stay physically on top of it. So, a little you know slipping kind of makes sense. But but Houston falls to seven and six. They would have made it into the wild card spot at least if they win, tied for the division, uh, and they drop one to the Jets. Just tough to see. But uh, next next loser here. The next loser. Uh, let's talk about Seattle. Well, I was going to say we should talk about a team whose playoff wild card standing is looking more and more bleak uh every day yeah uh, they have lost four straight games yeesh which by the way i thought i heard is the worst in pete carroll's uh tenure wow four really back to back to back, to back. yes to back to back <laughs> yeah that's not good enough <laughs> and they have philadelphia uh, up this upcoming week so uh, the rest of their schedule is tough it's it's, yeah. it's bad Wow, so, they were seven and two, or no, they were six and three. Yeah, yeah, I believe it was six and three. Yeesh, uh, definitely Gee, not good. You know, this isn't like a. I mean, I don't think anybody was giving them a, a big shot to go into San Fran and win that game. The way the Niners I mean, are playing San right Fran, now. two times in three weeks, and then in between the two San Fran games, they were at Dallas. Yeah, it's been real. It's a really tough brutal stretch. stretch. Uh, Gino didn't play. Uh, Drew Lock wasn't horrible, for sure. I mean, going against San Francisco's defense, I mean, 16 points ain't bad for a backup. Their defense has just been playing terrible, though, recently. It's yeah. been bad. Um, I don't know, man. They just they We were really high on them coming into the year, and they had a pretty nice start, which they definitely needed to even be in the conversation. But now the, the back half here, uh, the wheels are just really falling off, and I don't even think the team's going to get in at this point. Yeah, so they slipped to uh, the ninth seed currently. Uh, they're behind Los Angeles, uh, even though they have the same record, but Los Angeles beat them both times. Uh, so they need a lot to get over Los Angeles. And Green Bay they got to deal with, too. Green Bay and Minnesota. Green Bay, I mean, they're facing the Giants tonight, so more Should than likely 7-6. and six. Minnesota at 7-6, and six, so they're behind uh, both of those teams as well. So we'll have to – How about How about that? dumpster fire of a game with the Vikings, by the way. Three, three to nothing. nothing. Three nothing. I feel like they, there are no winners, just losers in that game. Um, Josh Jobs era is over. Yeah, no, that, that honeymoon is over. Josh Jefferson came back for about a quarter, and then he got hurt. <laughs> yeah, and then right back out. Uh, this is insane, you fool. Finally, our, our biggest loser of the weekend. 
the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, I get it. You had Trubisky in. But 21 points, the New England Patriots and Bailey Zappi. You gave up three touchdowns to Bailey Zappi. You gave up seven catches on eight targets, 72 yards, and a receiving touchdown to Ezekiel Elliott. I'm pretty sure 21 points is more points the Patriots have had in the last three or four games at this point. Uh, Atrocious. Absolutely atrocious. Uh, One, two, three, four, five. uh, Five games. The last time they scored that many points was at Buffalo, or versus Buffalo, when they put up 29. Uh, I think that's like... The fourth time they've put up 20 points all year, their third win on the season. I mean, Pittsburgh, you're clinging on to a wild card seed right now. I mean, you're seven and six, but so are the Colts, so are the Texans, so are the Broncos, so are the Bengals, so are the Bills. Yeah, I think that's a kind of loss where the wheels are. are... It doesn't look good. You've you've lost a wheel. Yeah. You've lost a wheel at this point. Like, that's a a game you cannot lose. No. And uh... especially because you lost to the Cardinals at home the week prior. Yeah, they lost to the only two and uh, two and ten teams, I believe, or, or two and nine teams. Uh, something like that. I mean, uh, Cardinals, they have three wins on the year. So yeah, I mean, they were Pittsburgh or Pittsburgh was their third win. They, that was New England's third win on the year. So uh, really tough looks uh, for the Steelers these uh, couple past weeks. Um, coming up, I mean, they're at Indianapolis which after seeing yesterday's game, that might be winnable. But then, I mean, you're... It's not a gimme, though. You're on the road here the last three out of four weeks. You got Seattle, you got Baltimore, Indy, and Cincinnati. Four teams with a... Well, three teams with a winning record and one team that is uh, hovering right around 500. And most of those teams are clinging on for dear life. Most of those Uh, teams are coming in battling for a playoff spot. Right. So you're getting everybody's best shot. I mean, every game from here on out is going to be a must win for Pittsburgh. I'm kind of just done with them at this point. I'm kind of over it. They, yeah, they, they're they, not fun to watch. No, they are not by fun any to watch means. That offense at all, even with like the Matt Canada stuff. Like I'm just, I don't care. I'm done. Yeah. Uh, so we're rooting for losses there, but winners and losers. Uh, winners and losers of week 14. I think we'll maybe revisit this as we're getting closer to uh, the playoffs here. I feel like. All of our convos at this point are going to be heavily revolving around the wild card. Whether they won or lost, Al, who do you think had the most week that uh, ended up being indifferent? Indifference. Um, Would have to be kind of a bad team, I guess, right? I mean, I guess the Panthers, because uh, it doesn't matter if they're winning or losing. Bears, Uh, I guess. I mean, that's a good point. Bears got a nice, like, moral win, but, you know, doesn't do a whole lot for them. I'll give – speaking of the Panthers, how about – uh, I, I would say the one that was most indifferent, possibly Tampa Bay. Uh, Look, they got they got ahead, but they're at Green Bay versus Jacksonville versus New Orleans at Carolina. So, oh, they I mean they could they could go three and one right there. They definitely could. Who do you see them beating? Carolina, other than Carolina and New, New Orleans. Orleans, who do you think they win the next what two? The other two? Green Bay at Green Bay versus Jacksonville. Yeah, I, they could definitely win their two division games. Yeah, I would agree with that. And they could, it could be a toss up with the other two. You could maybe split them, maybe. Maybe. All right, uh, let's move on into follow the money. All right, follow the money. Let's go ahead. Let's take a look at last week's picks. I gave out the under in Seattle and San Francisco at 47. Uh, that was a winner. And right. then uh, got burned by the devil. Houston minus five and a half was uh, never going to be hidden. And but then I feel like I feel like every one of their brothers was probably running probably. Like that bet. Probably. So can't blame you. Uh, and then try to. to warn you. Yep. The uh, under in Tampa Bay and Atlanta never had a chance. Al gave out over 30 and a half for Jacksonville and Cleveland. Stinky pick, but that did pan out. That was never in doubt. Um, Denver plus 124 money line. Hey. Big winner. And then uh, Indianapolis money line. Loser. Well, Two and one on the week. Better than last week. I'll take it. 
Uh, Nico Collins, anytime touchdown was the lock of the week. That unfortunately falls. So the records on the year to date move to Lucas 16, 21, and 2. Yuck. Al, 19 and 20, hovering right around 500. All Not right. bad. All right. Lock of the week moves to 8 and 5. This week, week 15. Here's what we got on the board Pittsburgh at Indianapolis. That total is set at 42. Atlanta at Carolina. That is set at 35. And then Washington travels to the Los Angeles Rams. That one is at 49. Uh, just so everybody knows, Pittsburgh at Indianapolis is on Saturday at 1 p.m. For the spreads, Minnesota travels to Cincinnati on Saturday at 4.30. Cincinnati is four-point favorites. Chicago travels to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Browns are three-and-a-half-point favorites there. And then, so speaking of Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay travels to Green Bay. Green Bay, three-and-a-half-point favorites before we even see Monday night. And then finally... Denver travels to Detroit. Denver is plus 160. Road dogs. That's kind of peculiar, to be honest. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Houston is plus 100 on the road. Traveling to Tennessee for a divisional matchup. Would you stop putting them on the fucking board? Dude? At this point, it's uh, the fans want it. Okay. Well, it's content. <laughs> uh, and then finally, Dallas plus 105. At Buffalo, right. Cowboys go on the road. Buffalo coming off a big win. Both teams coming off a big win. Uh, Al, the board is all yours. Oh boy! All right, let's. Uh... Oh man, I hate to even do this. Give me Denver money line. Hello, I like money. Denver money line. Well, if you didn't going pick for the it, juggler first. You didn't pick it. I would have. Uh, I don't have much more to say on it. We'll save it all for the next segment. Yep. Uh, what do you do when you fall off the horse? You get back on. Give me Houston plus one hundred, baby. Sleeping it, pig. You deserve. There's no loss way. There's no way, way they burn me twice. Oh, that's that's what they want you to think. There's no way they do that. Even if Stroud does hit concussion protocol, I know my boy Davis Mills has got my back. Uh, we're gonna go with the over. In Washington, L.A. Uh, I think L.A. is capable by themselves of putting up 28. Yeah, I would agree 24. Washington, I feel like they'll try and make it a game. Uh, L.A.'s defense will let up points. Yeah. At L.A. Um, just feels like a high-scoring game. I don't know. 49 is a little high, though. It is kind of high. It's a big number. I'm going to stick with it. All right. I like it. Uh, I'm going to take the under in Indianapolis and Pittsburgh. Uh, that has stinky doo-doo written all over it, so that's pretty good. Uh, it's a Saturday game. The body clock is not ready to play football come Saturday. Oh, yes. Um, one less rest day. And on top of that, while Pittsburgh's defense gave up 21 points to the New England Patriots offense and the... Indianapolis defense just gave up 34 to the Jake Browning offense. Um, here's the thing. Defenses, they tighten up the bolts pretty quickly. Man, I, I could feel like I just saw you talk yourself out of that <laughs> as you were trying to. Uh, you still got time to I'm not going to lie. I almost did. But you know what? Saturday game, weird shit happens on Saturdays. What, the squirrely football? Squirrely trail. football shit. Okay. I'm taking the under. All right. Um, well. For your final pick out. See, now I'm really tempted to go head-to-head with you on that. Um, for sure. Get Taking the over on that. But I got to admit, again, biased, because I'm a Lions fan. I kind of liked a lot of what I was seeing with the Bears this last week. Um, them covering the spread against Cleveland sounds pretty saucy about now. I think I'm going to go with it. I think I'm going to take the... Chicago Bears, three and a half at Cleveland. Oh, man. I'm sorry I got to do this to you, Al. But that is a sucker-ass pick. And here's why. All right. We'll jump more into it next segment. But anybody looks good against the Detroit Lions right now. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, Cleveland, while they gave up a lot of points, 
was going against Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence might not have been 100%, but Cleveland knows that they are just two games out of the division. They have a chance to lock up that fifth seed. Yes, fifth seed uh, and, and at least get a team that won't completely demolish them in the playoffs. Uh, they just beat Jacksonville, who's currently sitting at the fourth seed. So they're getting whoever's coming out of the AFC South, most likely. Uh, they're going to want to go in. They're going to want to kill him. Justin Fields, he had a good game against Detroit. Can he do it against a competent defense? I'm willing to bet that Cleveland can cover a three-and-a-half-point spread against that Chicago team. I don't know, man. I'm, uh, I'm looking at these picks here. Denver money line, Washington Rams over and the Bears to cover the spread against the Cleveland Browns on the road. This might be my magnum opus of, uh, of picks here. I got a, it's a weird, it's a weird feeling, but I feel like all these are going to hit. I don't know. I'll cut this audio back in uh, <laughs> next week when they don't for comedic effect. But uh, perfect. They feel weird. Uh, but I think, I think a lot of these have a shot to, to go. I feel like uh, I'm too confident in all my picks and that usually leads me to be uh 0 and three. So, uh, all right, be sure to stay tuned to the end of the show for Lock of the Week. Uh, I I don't know if I've ever felt more confident in a Lock of the Week pick than I do in this week's, so be sure to stay tuned to the end of the show. Here's a tease. This probably means it's a Lions-centric uh, pick, where it is against them, I'm going to guess. Let's go ahead. Speaking of which, let's jump right on into the Lions. Let's go, Lions! All right, Al. Uh, I got, I got some fun stuff we can do right now. Well, first off, yep. business. Go ahead and hit it. That's all, folks. Lions drop uh, to the Chicago Bears, uh, twenty-eight to thirteen. Now, title of this episode like- will be. Lucas has given up. I feel like uh, it might be Lucas's. Lucas denounces his uh, fandom uh, after yesterday because I don't understand how I could root for such a fucking pitiful ass team. But you know what? I'm just going to come from an objective point of view here. Let's look at the last four games. We had uh, Chicago at home, Green Bay at home, New Orleans on the road, and Chicago on the road. Lions went two and two in that split. One loss, one loss. Chicago Bears game, obviously huge comeback in the fourth quarter. Green Bay, never really in the game. New Orleans, big lead out front, kind of squandered it away, but held on towards the end. Uh, the game in Chicago, not not good. Well, to be fair, um, I mean, this this uh, these two games with the Bears. Bears probably should have a sweep. Uh, yeah, right now, absolutely, all, all they should considered. be one and three, possibly zero oh and four. Yeah, things shook up differently with New Orleans. Yeah, maybe. Um, <clears throat> I want to look at these last four games because I feel like we kind of started seeing writings on the wall after that Chicago game, possibly after that Chargers game. Now the Chargers no, game. That's look at look at look at. I feel like I feel like I agree with you. I agree with you. Chargers game. There might have been some writing on the wall. But that was a squirrely game. It got away from us. Offense played great. Yeah, Top, offense was a masterclass yeah. in that game. Defense, yeah, throw it out the window. Yeah, but. Right? That game got away from us, so we throw it out the window. Now, these last four games, I've – shout out to my sister Jessica because she also picked up on this, uh, I almost want to say, uh, during the Packers game. If you had to guess, Al, the Lions' third quarter – score differential combined through those four games what do you think it would be uh i'm going to guess it's like 42 to 10 wow yeah good guess really lions have been outscored by 28 points in the fourth in the third quarter 11 to 39 okay yeah not far off not far off. uh they were outscored by 10 points against the bears they were they outscored the packers by two points they were outscored by 11 against the Saints and outscored uh, by nine against the Bears yesterday. Um, in those four games, the Lions are two and 10, two for 10 uh, on fourth downs, 
Two of those games, they didn't attempt a single fourth down. I believe it was actually the two games they won. The two games they lost, they were uh, one for five in both. You're uh, you're making some uh, you're connecting some dots in my head here. I'm going to let you finish, but but this is making some things are making sense for me right now. Uh, in those four games within the third quarter, they have 12 drives. Five of them ended in three and outs. Five of them ended in turnovers. One ended in a touchdown. One ended in a field goal. Uh, the Lions currently are 26th in the league in turnover difference at a minus six in those four games. Their turnover difference has been negative three, negative three, plus two, negative three for a total of negative seven. So if you put that math together, they were plus one before these four games. Misery, misery, misery. That's what you've chosen. Uh, Jared Goff in those four games has seven touchdowns, five interceptions, three fumbles lost. Uh, the defense has given up an opening game touchdown in three out of four of those games. They have been shut out in the third quarter in two of those games. The third quarter is killing them. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. The third quarter is absolutely murdering the Lions. Um, do you fire Aaron Glenn? I don't know. At times, it looks like these defensive players are in place to make the play, but they don't. Well, okay. First off, no, uh, because you're nine and four, and you can't make a coordinator change this late that, in the season. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Despite the problems. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's hearing all that. It, it kind of paints a picture of a lot of what they've been about this year. Uh, I feel like we've boiled them down to a pretty good, you know, idea of like what this team really is. But when you put everything out there like that, it's kind of like they'll start hot. It will fizzle and crumble in the second half. And it's kind of a coin flip whether they come out on top or not. Yeah. That's pretty much the entire experience for the last month. Uh, we had a couple like dominant wins early on. Those have all fallen by the wayside. I mean, you, you look at they went twenty to six against the Falcons, thirty four to twenty against the Packers, forty two to twenty four against the Panthers, twenty to six against the Bucks, twenty sixteen or I'm sorry, twenty six to fourteen against the Raiders. Ever since then, they Baltimore have not game, had uh, just yeah crippled them. Yeah, for sure. They haven't had a double digit win since then. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are no longer beating teams that they should beat. They are, in fact, losing to teams that they should beat, and they are barely winning against teams that they should beat. At the uh, worst time of the year uh, for that to be happening, too. Because yeah. seeding is one thing. I mean, I think even if you if you mostly lose out at this point, I think you're still probably looking at a wild card spot. Like you'll, You'd have to pretty much lose out entirely to, to be out. I'm not saying it's uh, going to happen, but... Uh, at this point, it's possible. So I think the playoffs are still likely. It's just that you want to be ascending and not descending uh, at this point of the year because then you're going to get the wild card and get smacked in the mouth and you're going to go home. And that's it. The other thing that's really interesting about the defense uh, is they are top 10, sometimes top 5 in QB um, hurries, QB pressures, QB knockdowns, they're 25th in sacks. So like they get pressure on the quarterback, they can't get home. Um, Which yesterday, I mean, hey. They had three sacks on Justin Fields. In the the past four games, Jared Goff has been sacked 10 times. They've they've gotten seven sacks. Um, In the run defense, they're ninth. They're a top 10 run defense team. They're 18th in pass yards, which I mean, they're bottom half, but not by much. They're 25th in points against, which they give up a lot of points. Yeah. But not that many yards. So, who, I mean, who is to blame here? Goff looked horrible yesterday, but the offensive line looked horrible yesterday. Uh, receivers look pretty bad, too. Amon, Amon Ra couldn't catch a ball. Um, the only positive player on the offense i would say is montgomery and gibbs i mean they were they were the only positive spotlights i mean they both were averaging six yards a carry 
also we were really feeling the uh lack of presence from frank ragnow uh fumble on the first not the first snap but we're now back-to-back weeks where golf has fumbled a, a snap uh you know last week it it was from ragnow but you know jared goff has lost an asinine amount of fumbles recently um the defense like yeah they played bad justin fields i mean he had 58 yards rushing which is way less than yeah, he they, usually has against us there were some drives where they actually buttoned him up pretty well and they kind of kind of look like and they've I, made some adjustments and figure out how to actually yeah. slow him down which... how much of that was by design i will say you know he wasn't absolutely torching us on the play action it, i mean the secondary didn't look great on play action plays but um he wasn't running all day against us i mean he had a couple of ones in the first half but in the second half i mean I don't know if it was by design that he stopped running because Derek Barnes lit him up or what. Um, the fourth and 13 play. Let's talk about Hutch. Let's talk about our big guy. Fourth and 13 in the Bears lineup to go for it. How do you jump off sides? Yeah, it was, uh, it was brutal. He jumps off sides. Jerry Jacobs, another guy that really needs to get going here gets caught flat-footed. DJ Moore goes right by him. There was no safety help. Hutch, who jumped off sides, drops back into coverage, which really didn't make sense. Uh, That play was indicative of where this franchise is right now. Yeah, it also resulted in a free six points yeah yeah i'm maybe i didn't get to that point but uh dj moore went right by jerry jacobs and got a touchdown which i think was like you know damn near 40 yards uh on a fourth and 13 that i don't even know if they really had an idea that they were going to snap that ball so um where, where do we go from here the lions now have are at nine and four they're five and two away. They've got you know a good home record. They're probably what four and two at home. Uh, they got Denver coming in, who's coming off a big win. They're riding a hot streak. They've won I think last, six out of their last seven. They're fighting for a wild card spot. Uh, how hungry is this team at this point? Have they gotten complacent? Is Ben Johnson been spiking his own career so he doesn't have to go to Carolina? Uh, who knows? Yeah. Well, you've got. Uh matchups four different matchups with playoff caliber teams yep we got two with the vikings uh one with denver one with dallas and yeah you're probably looking at your last uh month and a half window uh of having ben johnson here so i mean not, possibly not saying that he's gonna go to the panthers but um he's probably gonna be a coach next year um that's that's actually where we're at. we're probably going to split those at best and get bounced the wild card by Ben Johnson. That's that's really how it's looking right now. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking ten and seven, one and three down the line. And I'm not I'm not gonna be uh, I'm not gonna be horribly mad if if that's what ends up being eleven and six, ten and seven. Uh, but like, will you be mad if they lose the division? It'd be pretty upsetting, for sure. But you know, we we talked about them coming into this year, and the expectations were getting the playoffs and win a game. I think I, I would say that, that was the, the expectation. expectation was win the division. Mm. It was it was there for you to do it, but uh, I think the Vikings were a team we were kind of potentially worried about that all change with the Kirk Cousins injury, no more Rodgers. The Bears were the dumpster fire at the beginning of the year, and and the landscape has shifted a little bit uh, in the last you know the second half of the season here, but like. I don't know. I mean, I just, uh, they're a really flawed team and they're not the superpower we were hoping they would be at the beginning of the year. That's definitely kind of faded away a little bit because uh, losing the Chicago Bears uh, on the road and almost again at home, those are two massive losses for for confidence and morale as a fan, at least. I don't know. Well, uh, I think losing the division here is, is extremely possible, um, especially if they go one and three down the line. Uh, you got to imagine Green Bay is sitting at seven six. Uh, if they win tonight, 
Minnesota is sitting at seven and six. Green Bay's final four games are, uh, you know, at New York Giants, or I'm sorry, that's tonight, uh, versus Tampa Bay at home, at Carolina, at Minnesota, versus the Bears. Uh, Minnesota's is uh, at Cincinnati, versus the Lions, versus the Packers, at the Lions. Uh, if Green Bay is able to beat, because I mean, I feel like Green Bay is the more the team that is more threatening for the division than Minnesota at the moment. Uh, Green Bay has a good chance to finish four and two in the division. Uh, they have a good chance to finish eleven and six. Uh, they have a good chance to finish. Uh, yeah, I said four and two in the division. The Lions, if they split with Minnesota, they're sitting at three and three in the division. And if they split with Minnesota and don't beat Denver or Dallas, they're sitting at ten and seven. Which they'll still get in. I mean, they'll still be in. They won't win the division probably, but they'll still be in. And also, to me, they don't win the division this season is a massive failure. Massive. Especially considering the fact that you were sitting at, what, eight and eight and three? Eight and two. You're sitting at eight and two. You had a very, at that point, you had the division all but locked up. And now you've split, or you've gone one and two in the last three, and you've got four teams that are coming for your neck here. All right, down well, the line. let's well, let's look at you know, let, let's look at uh, this upcoming game with Denver, right? Yep. Um, if you win this game at home, mm-hmm. Saturday night marquee game, uh, I feel like that will get a lot more confidence back. Uh, uh, if, if they win this Saturday, I would be a lot more confident going into Minnesota and possibly winning that game. And that really helps your season. I mean, every win is, win is critical at this point, yeah. every single one for seating and for the division and everything. But yeah. you win the next two, though, I think you got a damn good shot at winning the division and getting a home playoff game. Opposite side of the coin, mm-hmm. if you lose this game, uh, you're in trouble. Oh, yeah, massively. Dropped to nine and five, and uh, it's it's you're you're going to be on the road for every win on the road. The next two games, divisional matchup on the road. That one will be without a doubt a must win, and then you got Dallas in Dallas, which they have been whooping ass. And if they play like they did against Chicago yesterday, fifty nine to nothing, Dallas. It would not be good. No. So this is a kind of a do or die game for them. I feel like a little bit. This is a big game, and Denver is a good team right now. This is, t- this is a tough, tall order. Uh, let's go into the list of demands. I demand satisfaction. Uh, for the team, same as last week. Didn't do it last week. Gave up three turnovers. You didn't get any in return. Win the turnover battle. That's the key to winning games. And Russ throws picks. So, yeah. But do we get picks? No. Mr. Unlimited. For the offense, protect golf. Plain and simple. Is Ragnar going to be back in time soon? I do not know. But we've done better with less. I know that Ragnar is, you know, the center of the anchor, but they got to figure some shit out. Decker's getting fucking mauled. They were leaving sweat untouched. Yeah, he looked like multiple times last game. He looked like Nick Bosa. Yeah, it's like I I don't understand how are our offensive lines not getting the assignment saying, "Hey, we might want to you know throw a block on this guy." Um, for the defense, just get sacks. I'm not going to give you a number. He's not a mobile quarterback anymore. He's not Justin Fields. Get to him. Uh. And then for the player, uh, got to see a bounce back from the safety blanket. I'm on eight catches, 100 yards. Yeah, I think that's fair. I yep. feel like that's fair. That was Especially because uh, it's a big matchup. And Pat Sertain. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, it needs to be a big game from him for this offense to put any points on. Yep. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna request that you know we start giving the ball to Gibbs more, even though he is. Uh, I would say far more explosive than Montgomery 
And while they still had the same amount of carries and the same amount of yards yesterday, the offense seems to flow better through Gibbs. I'm not going to say keep getting the ball to JMO because it just it's clear as day that they don't want to. Do what you want. I don't give a shit. So Lucas is all out. Um, let's do final score predictions. This is a, a saucy one. Denver 34, Detroit 20. Oof. Um, yeah, I uh, I mean, I, I took them and followed the money, right? So that kind of says where I'm at. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go I'm going to go 34, 17. I think it's going to be even less of a uh, productive day in offense. There you go. All right. Let's go ahead. And let's close the show out. Because if you go piss like a puppy, stay on the porch. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for us. Thank you again for listening to another episode of Great Iron Zeros podcast. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. Dear math bitch. Uh, okay, it's time for lock of the week. We got to get back into the win column here. Um, if there's one thing I know, it's Lions football. Uh, I watch it every week. And uh, as you might have just heard, this team is not a third quarter team. Plain and simple. One of two things will happen on Sunday. Either we'll have uh, somewhat of a competitive first half or the Lions will come out red hot and uh, kind of, you know, get ahead, have a lead. Uh, and that is the worst case scenario for the Lions. So they'll fade away. Because they will fade away in the third quarter. Denver, money line third quarter exclusively. Wow. But it's a lot. Third quarter exclusively. That is the most confident pick I can make. Uh, I will throw a caveat out there that uh, I made a very large bet on the Justin Fields rushing prop yesterday. Uh, I'm not going to blame anybody and say that they jinxed me, but a lot of people congratulated me when he was at 48 with 12 minutes left in the second. So um, it was not good. Not only did the Lions fucking shatter my heart, but Justin Fields uh, did it two ways. I need a fucking boost, and I need it now. So there you go, folks. Denver, money line in the third quarter. That's going to do it for us. We will catch you back here next week, hopefully after a Lions win. Hopefully a uh, little better spirits. A little better spirits. Uh, until then, make good choices, good decisions. We'll catch you on the next one. Later. Thank <laughs> you.